the flight centre. Best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback on SENSA. The round ball with Dom and Dodsey. It is another Wednesday night here in Adelaide. Welcome to the Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. And it could be our last program for a few months here as I introduce the former Adelaide United captain, Travis Dodd. Trav, so make it a last beauty because we're pulling up stumps and going into hibernation for a few months. Mate, I do every show like it's my last. I give 150% every time. Like I Tonight said, Tonight will be no different. Like I said, make this one a beauty because it's going to be your last for a few months. Yep. Could Absolutely. be forever. Okay. Who knows? So, which is a bit, a bit new of a host. I heard bit of a sad one. Sorry, a new host. Who? Who's on the cards? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dodzy, Dodzy, and Dodzy. <laughs> so you're going to do the whole lot. Well, good luck with that. I'm sure it's going to be a great season for you. Speaking of seasons, uh, oh, by the way, uh, we, what have we got coming up for our last program before we uh, do go into hibernation? R- do you remember this name? If I throw it at you, Trav, Lloyd Awusu. How can you forget Lloyd Awusu? <laughs> Raise the roof. Raise the roof, Lloyd. Yeah, yep. Once he raised it. Yeah. Came came here with uh, high hopes. Um, I think he was struggling a bit when he when he came. He got sick. Was uh, had pneumonia, yep. I believe, and then swine flu. Yep. So he had everything really. He, he did. Um, I wonder if he got COVID nineteen as well. Well, I'm well, sure we we'll can ask, ask him. him. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but uh, well, that's a, a blast from the past because he did, as he mentioned, he was here for 16 games to be exact, and he raised the roof twice, uh, once rather, meaning he only scored once. But uh, lovely bloke. Uh, and people ask, whatever happened to the big O? We're going to find out what happened to Lloyd because we'll catch up with him shortly. Yep. Uncle Dom will know. Uncle Dom who? Me? Yeah, 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 Uncle yeah, Dom. I know. yeah, he calls me Uncle Dom. <laughs> I don't know why because I'm not that old. Uh, or maybe I am. Um, of course, uh, we, do have, we don't have a date for the A-League, which is so, so frustrating, kind of. That's why we thought we'll go into hibernation for a while because I reckon they still won't know in six months. Um, we're still very frustrating, Travis. All the other leagues, they're just about to get underway. The AFL starts tomorrow night with nobody there. Uh, the NRL's already started. What about the A League? Still, still crickets uh, from from the the FFA, which is really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, well that's, done. That's right new, on, you are on the money there. That's news coming out of the yeah. FFA's office at the moment. So look, it's frustrating. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the the most recent player to come out uh, and was quite scathing of the FFA was uh, Tommy Orr, who's uh, currently at uh, Central Coast Mariners. He has signed for MacArthur Rams, but uh, the understanding is that he signed a short-term extension with the Mariners. So he's come out and just said that the lack of transparency through this period has been uh, nothing short of terrible. Uh, you know, the fact that the players agreed to a an in-principle pay deal with the FFA uh, about two weeks ago uh, on drastically reduced uh, wages so uh, for for the league to be held ransom by Fox Sports is it is terrible to be honest uh, yeah. and it just puts everything in jeopardy for players livelihoods and the fact that they want to start games mid-July uh, and they haven't started training yet. Um, I just can't see how it's going to happen. Well, just for the record, we have tried to get in touch with the hierarchy at the FFA, uh, uh, Johnson and also uh, O'Rourke, um, but they're always having meetings. Well, I reckon maybe too many meetings and just get the ball rolling, and that is literally so. Uh, well, well, maybe coming out of that, because we did try and get them on the show tonight, yeah. but they were unavailable. Uh, and last week. Yeah, and last week. Okay, so uh, p- maybe the meetings that they're having... Today, tonight, 
will resolve uh, the issues and we might get an announcement tomorrow about the resumption of the league. Well, I hope great. so because, like Tommy Orr said there, you know, we want them a bit more transparent. Let, let, you know, these, these are football show, soccer shows and, you know, people want to know. People listen to this program because they want to know what's going on. Well, we're trying to find out, but they're not letting us know what's going on, so we can't pass on that message. So it's very... Very disappointing all round, but at least the brighter side, closer to home, at least the uh, uh, the local league here in the NPL, you've got a kickoff date. We have. It's uh, the first weekend of July, so the 3rd, 4th of July, which will be fantastic. We've been back in training now for a couple of weeks. Um, we can, uh, we're basically back to full training, uh, contact and, and everything. So I think the only thing that remains unknown for the MPL at this stage is how the fixtures are going to be played out. Oh, so they have, because there were four options that Michael four counted. Options. Yep, that's right. We so, still don't know? No, still at this stage uh, unaware. Uh, but we do hope, from a club perspective particularly, that it will be open to for spectators to, to attend. I mean, let's oh, face really? it, with everything that's going on, with how well we're going, uh, and the fact that MPL crowds are, you know, 50 to 100, yeah. surely they'll, they'll open the gates and, and let clubs try and make a little bit of money through gate takings and over the bar and canteen. Well, we know that the lowdown or the showdown on uh, Saturday night is going to be allowing 2,000 people. I don't know how they're going to work it out, but the SNFL, I think they're allowing 500 people so you'd think the NPL, you know, if they can get 500, they'd be doing cartwheels there. you think that'd be okay to go? Absolutely. Uh, and given everything that is happening with uh, the other leagues, it would be a no-brainer for FSA to allow spectators into these games. Yeah, so that's uh, that's good news. And a lot of the league's starting to come back. I think the City R kicks off this weekend. We've got the EPL kicking off in a couple of weeks. So we're slowly getting back. But most of those, if not all of them, I think are going to be behind closed doors. There won't be spectators overseas. I think, haven't they still shut them off? Well, I think it was the J-League that we're, we're going to be allowing spectators. The, the uh, J-League? Yeah, yeah. I think that's coming up. That might be this this weekend, um, if not very soon, uh, it was 5,000 or 50% of the stadium. Uh, I saw Vietnam, a game uh, highlights last weekend, and it was chock-a-block. So, because Vietnam had zero COVID cases, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah, so they yes. had they had a, already a full house. Maybe they weren't testing. Uh, well, maybe they weren't. Maybe they're all sick in the crowd and no one said anything. But, uh, <laughs> but it's good to see that it's, it's just our... A-League is the only one that I think uh, is blindfolded at the moment. We just don't know what's going on. And I know a bit of the issues are with Fox Sports. They're still trying to work out, you know, the dollars and cents. But they've got to bite the bullet, I think, eventually, the FFA, and say, OK, if you don't want to do it, then let's just get this game underway and find another option. I don't know what that is. I don't get paid to find options. They do. So Well, exactly. That's that's exactly right. And we, we spoke uh, a few weeks ago about the starting 11, the, the panel that's been put together, which is uh, made up of the golden generation. And one thing that they did say was uh, potentially about having a, a pay service, paid service yeah. uh, like a Netflix style. Good idea. Uh, yeah, call it something like FFA, FFA TV, uh, which I think would be fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I know that, you know, they, they wanted Fox Sports and more more so you'd want free to air so it could be accessible to everybody without paying anything to watch the A-League and they would if it's on free to air people will flick over there's nothing on they'll watch it but on Fox Sports it's more of a niche sort of thing uh, so really if you don't follow the game you're not going to go out of your way to watch the A-League are you so you may as well put it on, on another option well the other thing as well with that is that's that's an expensive service now um, Fox Fox Sports or Foxtel, uh, so, so it's an expensive subscription, uh, and to be honest, it's tough to come up with those that money every month. Yeah. Um, you know, for for families that are, that are out there and struggling financially, that's. 
that's a cost that especially you can especially after do the last with. few months as well. Yeah, hundred percent. So look, there's, there does have to be something drastic done um, for broadcasting rights, and we I hope certainly that it, it doesn't you know bring the end to the A League because they can't broadcast the the game, and if there's no broadcast, there's no money, there's no sponsors, there's no league. Yeah, it's sort of worrying times, but let's hope. As we said, they were having a meeting this Arvo. To, hopefully, they really were having a meeting to sort this out. Also tonight, as well as the, the big O Lord Awusu, we're going to catch up. Well, this guy was a legend of uh, of really the A-League or the National League, really, before the A-League started. He did play a bit of the A-League, but in the N- old NSL, he scored goals for fun, and he's a former Socceroo, uh, nowadays coaching White City after a long stint with Adelaide City, and that's Damien Murray, who... Uh, Frogger. Yeah, good old Frogger himself. He loves his golf, doesn't he? He certainly does. Yeah, loves. Uh, I'm surprised he's not a pro. Him and Carl Veer aren't pros by now. Yeah, well, you could chuck. There's a there's a few of them in that. that oh, they got the little era. S- yeah, there's the uh, Vidis of, as well. Uh? Tony and Aurelio, I understand they're golfers. Mark Brazali is another one as well. So must be an easy game. Yeah, funny, yeah, no, funny <laughs> thing. Damien Murray, uh, last weekend. I was actually just flicking through YouTube and came across some old highlights from the NSL. So I was looking back to Adelaide City games and found actually some games uh, that I was playing in when I started playing. Uh, Against back in, him? No, with him. Oh, with him. With did Day, did yeah. you play with him? Yeah, 96, 97. Uh, did, did you play the game that he scored the quickest goal ever? No, like that from the kickoff? I, I came the year after that. Okay. So uh, it was just amazing to, to watch these really old highlights and see how young... We both were, me even more so, um, as a 17-year-old player. Yeah, well, he certainly was a prolific goal scorer. There's no doubt about that. And he went on to become a legend in Perth, of course, with Perth Glory, in their glory days, literally. Uh, But nowadays, of course, he's been back in Adelaide for quite a while. So we're going to catch up with Damien. He's still coaching uh, after uh, leaving. Well, did he leave Adelaide City or was he told to, there's the door, out of here? How did that all pan out? Mm. Can you Mm. please explain? Was he a man in the know? Was he told to go or did he leave? Uh, Did he want to leave? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, do we ask him? Yeah, we have to. Would he tell us? Well, he might. Or is he going to do like you, just sit on the fence? No, there's no fences here, mate. Uh, I tell it how it is 100% of the time. <laughs> uh, bull. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, anyway, so we'll ca- he's coaching White City now. And also, uh, later on in the show, uh, she's done had a fantastic little career, this lady, Sarah Willisey. Of course, she was the Adelaide United uh, goalkeeper for the uh, women's team. Uh, did get a Guernsey for the Socceroos. Didn't play, but here uh, in uh, in Adelaide, he, she sat on the bench against Chile. So, uh, and we'll be talking about, of course, the, uh, the the World Cup Women's World Cup. Brazil have pulled out of the equation now, so it just leaves Colombia, Japan, us, and New Zealand. Yes, I'm a little worried though. I reckon Colombia's going to get a lot of support from the whole of South America. Well, what's your gut feel? Well, we can get a lot of support from the whole of Asia. Yeah, but no Japan. Japan. Exactly. That's yeah. they're bigger than we are. So I'm just a little worried. I would rather have seen Brazil still in the mix. So they were fighting with Colombia. So yeah, it's uh, it is a tough. One. I'd love to see uh, Australia, New Zealand win the bid because it would be fantastic for the game oh, and massive. The, the revenue that it would generate for not only the game but for tourism yeah. and the exposure that that women's football would get here in this country and New Zealand would be fantastic. So uh, be interesting to, to to chat with Sarah tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to to understanding what her pathway is because she's been uh, an established first team keeper now for a couple of years with Adelaide United and we've seen a lot of uh, players heading off abroad so yeah. uh, if I think if she wants to have a chance of making these Matildas squads, the World Cup squads, uh, I think she really needs to, to look to spread her wings and 
uh, go overseas. Well, she's right in the right demographic. She's 24 years of age. She's, she has got plenty of time, and I'm sure she, more than anyone, would love to see the World Cup here yeah. in Australia. So let's face it, we're never going to see the Men's World Cup in our lifetime. I doubt it very much. So this Maybe is the, mine. Uh, like I said, we're not going to see it in our lifetime. Or maybe yours, uh, but it'll be nice to have the women's. But we've got all that to come uh, on the the round ball. And, of course, we're here thanks to Hyundai. Hyundai's end of uh, year financial sale is on right now. See it to believe it. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to catch up with a big O, Lloyd Owusu, right after this. On SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodzi. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. Yes, welcome back to the round ball. Don Renato, Travis Dodd here with me on this uh, Wednesday night. Great to have your company. All thanks to, as you heard, Flight Centre and also Hyundai. End of year's financial sale on right now. Just like Travis, you got to see it to believe it. Now, Trav, now I didn't mean that to you, by the way. You know, the other, anyway, uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, I said, you know, where is this guy? I mean, you used to love him once, you used to keep in touch with him, and then you just blanked him completely. <laughs> but I didn't because I don't forget my mates. And that uh, is uh, my good friend, Lloyd Magnus Owusu. He joins us now. Lloydy, the big O. How are you, buddy? Uncle Dom, how are you? Good, mate. Any messages okay. before we start you, you want to say uh, yeah, to Travis? I, I, yeah, I just want to say. Uh, Hello, Trav, Trav, do you hear me? Lloydy, Lloydy, mate, mate. I've been trying to call you for ages. ages. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, Uncle Tom, I've been messaging him, texting him, yeah, and I've had no response whatsoever, so... <laughs> Lloydy, um, he's, he's, out, you, he's out now. He's you out. know what happens when you get a full-time job oh, and God. you got to work nine to five, you got kids running around to tennis. Mate, your day just gets caught up. Yeah, he's got to work for a living now, Lloydy. He's got to work for a living, mate. He's not used to oh, it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, Lloydy, hey, thanks for your time, buddy. Uh, God, you've had. A, we were looking at your CV here. You've had an amazing career. We go back to the the start. Of course, you played in uh, in England before you came uh, to Australia. You, you're a pin-up boy there at Brentford. Scored, played a lot of games, scored a lot of goals, but somehow you found your way uh, to Adelaide back in 2009 to play for Adelaide United. How did that come about? Yeah, that came about. I had a real good season with or last two months of the season of the 2008-2009 season for Brighton where uh, I scored seven goals in 14 games to save them from relegation. And I was in the change room and my phone rang and it was a, an agent from Australia. He said, oh, Lloydy, uh, this is uh, Richie Hinton here from Australia. I've got a club interested in you called Adelaide United. And like, at the time, I was like, oh, Australia. I was like, mm, not really. But um, anyway, that was that. And then uh, the, the physio in the change room overheard my, my conversation. And he said, oh, Lloyd, what's that about Australia? And I said, oh, some team called Adelaide United are quite keen. And he goes, oh, you remember Paul Reid, don't you used to play here at Brighton? He, he's there and he's loving it. He's doing really well there. Here's his number, give him a call. So that same evening, I gave Reid a call. And uh, yeah, I just touched base with Reid. I said, look, Reid, I heard that this guy, Richie, that's called me. And funny enough, it actually happened to be Reid's agent at the same time as well. So really said, oh yeah, he goes, uh, yeah, great, great here with, with, with the Asian Champions League. We've got a great bunch of boys. You'd probably love it. So you know what I said to my, I said to the agent, okay, if they're willing for me to come out and have a look, I'm, I'm more than happy to come over. And then obviously I did in the end. Lloyd, you came over here with good intentions, but it turned out to be a horror start for for you, uh, getting sick a couple of times. Tell us about uh, how you settled in to, to Australia. Yeah, you know. It, it was it was tough for me, Travis. To be fair, in regards to the swine flu, and uh, obviously I got swine flu and pneumonia when the pandemic happened. I was one of the first footballers to get it, and to be fair, from that, that put me on the back burner. No disrespect to the A League, with the way I was playing prior to coming, I should have really come and set the A League on, on fire. But unfortunately for myself, uh, I wasn't in the right stead in regards to fitness, and I was on the back burner from day one. So 
if you remember, Trav, I think I'm, when you lot were doing the preseason, I was I was literally in in quarantine anyway, mm, yeah. and uh, and also with no training for about two three months. And then when I did come back, I hardly trained because obviously I really wanted to try and get me in ASAP, being a main striker, which was probably when I look back in hindsight, I should have not as rushed it as much. And uh, unfortunately for me, it didn't go to plan. But overall. I'm here in this great country and obviously met great people like yourselves who've always kept in contact for many years. So I'm, I'm blessed and grateful for that. Yeah, you certainly made Australia your home now. And you're right, you did have a lot of bad luck. You got every disease possible. Did you manage to dodge the COVID-19 this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily for us, to be fair, this country's dealt with it fantastically compared to my fellow people in England, unfortunately. So uh, I'm, we're, we're very lucky to... Uh, to have it contained very well in this country. Oh, when you came here, I remember, of course, because I was at the club at the time and I was having a good chat here because then I found you as a nice, personable person. You're very friendly. And, and I said, what, what's your, your, your main thing? He said, I like to do my celebration to raise the roof. And there's a few yep. that, there's a few of them that I want to show you, Don, but unfortunately they're Lloydy. only showed me one. I oh, know, unfortunately. <laughs> with that, just, just with that one goal I scored on my debut. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Banner. Like I said, look, I know I should have destroyed the league if I did, but it wasn't happened to be, but... At least I can say I played in the A-League, got a goal, and uh, made some great friends along the way. So what are you doing now, Lloydie? Uh, you're living in New South Wales. Uh, what have you been up to? Yeah. yeah, so I'm living in Sydney. I'm uh, at a school called Cranbrook, which is one of the top private schools in the country, where I'm the first 11 head coach and also the general duty master, where I'm in charge of all the school discipline. So I'm sort of <laughs> how how are so, uh, you in charge of the what? discipline? Yeah. So it's I just I guess look, it's, it's the, the role is more of a big brother sort of I'm I'm like that middleman between the boys and the teachers. So I guess coming from a football background, where well, you know it is, Travis, you have to be very disciplined and and honest as a player and person. So the role sort of it really hits home well with me, and I think I've got a great relationship with all the boys at the school. Where again, I build relationships, so it, it works hand in hand, and I'm and I'm loving every bit of it. I see on Instagram the kids are getting bigger there, uh, Lloydie. Yeah, they're doing fantastic. They're flying at the moment. Uh, I think they're trying to follow in mine and my sister's footsteps in their sporting achievements. They're dominating New South Wales in all their little athletics, uh, little tie in football as well. So, yeah, look, I just try and give them the best I can. I don't push them at all. Just let them enjoy all, all facets of sport and uh, let them really enjoy and love their, their sport. Now, obviously, as I mentioned, you're living in Sydney nowadays. So how, do you, how did you find the transition from Adelaide to Sydney and to, to live there? Because I know you did love Adelaide, but how are you finding it yeah. there? You know what? Actually, I actually found it more difficult moving to Sydney than leaving England to come to Adelaide. Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's such a weird transition. I mean, I guess because when I came back, I had a lot of good friends around that we knew. But coming to Sydney, I didn't really know no one when I left Adelaide. So I was sort of coming here sort of naked, as they say. Uh, and people say it's going to take you a good while to, to network and anything. But I thought, I've just got my head down, started making some uh, good contacts, and luckily for myself, things started to snowball, and uh, I kept in a game of football and just, like I said, made friends and just kept myself busy. Lloydie, you've uh, you spent a majority of your career in the UK. You've, uh, you were in Cyprus for a short time, uh, and you've yeah. also represented Ghana. So what's been, what's been some of the highlights uh, of your career? Yeah, I would always say... Becoming a professional, first and foremost, you know, getting the opportunity to become a professional footballer, that's every boy's school dream, you know. So at least I could say that's, that's on my CV. I would say next would be to score the winning goal to get Brentford promotion back in 1999. Uh, to win, to, well, we won the game 1-0, and whoever won that game actually won the actual championship. And obviously representing my, my, my motherland of Ghana four times. So I, I think I've been pretty blessed as a career uh, in regards of being a professional over a 15, 18-year span. And uh, loved every minute of it. 
representing Ghana. That's no mean feat, though, Lloyd. You should be proud of that because they've had some wonderful players over the years. Yeah, I mean, funny you say that because I remember when I first made my debut for Ghana uh, back in 2005, we played in France with a friendly game against the uh, club Nantes. And uh, I remember Michael Essien is when he was coming through and people like Stephen Appiah, Suleiman Tari. And we had, this training, we had a training session and we had a keep ball session. And I swear, no word of a lie, I had to stop in a session and applaud these boys because <laughs> they were just so, honestly, they were so superior. In regard, you could not get the ball off and they were just technically gifted. Just the presence that they had on the pitch, it was just, it was a, it was a beautiful, it was just beautiful to watch. Yeah, kudos to you uh, playing for Ghana. Now, just uh, uh, in closing, uh, moving forward, have you got any ambitions to coach like an A-League team, or even though the A-League's uh, sort of bit of how's your mother and father at the moment, but uh, what are your ambitions moving forward? Yeah, you know what, everyone said that to me, Lloyd, do you want to get back into the, like, the professional world of coaching? And you know what, Uncle Dom, honestly, for me, I say no, and reason being, there's no security at the end of the day. It's a ruthless game. You become a, you get head manager or assistant gag, a gig, and all of a sudden the team's not doing well. Next thing, you're scraping looking for another job. And no disrespect, I'm at an age now where I need stability in my life. I've got kids. I've got a mortgage. I'm happy. In the, I'm in the school system now. And at the end of the day, if I, do, if I keep my job here, I could be here for the rest of my life. And I'm, but I'm, still, I'm still involved and improving kids because I'm playing, I'm coaching football. So for me... I'm very happy with what I'm doing. I'm still working at elite level with, with kids, and I'm still around the, the traps in the NPL world. So I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing at the moment. Lloydy, uh, I actually couldn't agree with you more on that because uh, it is the biggest... Uh, it's like um, being a player all over again. You're having to prove yep. yourself and, and travel around uh, maybe different countries. Uh, Lloydy, uh, Brentford, where you're a, a legend at the club, yeah. what's, it, what's it like still, still being revered as, a, as one of the star players uh, that the club's had? Yeah, it's crazy you say that. I mean, like I said, I got I got entered in their Hall of Fame uh, about five years ago now. It is or four or five years ago, and like I say, even to this day, I mean, I, I last left Brentford two thousand and seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, so even even till then, people are still talking about me. I look on Twitter sometimes. And I mean, the, the the best players over the last twenty years, and my name is still always there. I guess for me, Travis, it's a it was I was never technically the best player or anything, but I think as a player and a fan alike. Fans love players who, who give it their all. And I was one yeah. of them players from, from the day dot. No matter, even if I wasn't scoring goals, and I think I would work hard. And I think fans love seeing players who, who run through a brick wall. And that was me to a T. So I, I appreciate everything that Brentford gave to me. appreciate the fans especially because without the fans, uh, us players are nothing. So I, I appreciate everything that's, that's happened to me in the past. Yeah, good on you, Lordy. Mate, you should be proud of what you've achieved in your career. But more importantly, I think you're just one hell of a nice bloke. Uh, you're only here here for a year, but I think uh, people still remember Big Bad Lloyd Awusu, I reckon. Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Adelaide was a great time. Even the fans, like I said, didn't happen the best to me. But again, along, the, along my journey from Australia to Adelaide to Sydney, I made fantastic people, friends who, even to this day now, 10 years later, we still talk day and, you know what I mean, weekly or something. So, for me, that's priceless. You can't, you can't beat that and that's a great thing about football. Well, Lloyd, thanks for uh, sharing a bit of your time with us tonight. I don't know about Travis, but, I don't know about Trav, but I'll keep in touch with you, mate. Don't you yeah, worry about that. Well, yeah, definitely. I was just going to say, Lloyd, don't be a stranger, mate. Um, <laughs> feel, feel free to reply to my messages anytime, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Pleasure, guys. His number's exactly the same. He just doesn't answer. <laughs> oh, that's all. Right, I'll tell you what, just before you get, funny you say that, yeah, last week, last time, I got through to someone else and I think it's you Uncle Dom yes. and then Travis actually checked his message he goes he actually blocked my number blocked <laughs> my number I thought it was I thought Mate. it was somebody else oh god <laughs> I love you both though love you both hey, give our best to your family and good luck there Lloydie good Pleasure. Hope to, hopefully we'll catch up one day cheers guys See have you, a great mate. one take care, take care. Well.
That's Bye-bye. the former Adelaide United and, of course, won't go through all of his clubs. He's had a few there, but he is, like we you said... We almost need a second page there. Yeah, I know. He oh. was. Uh, he is a Brentford uh, star, and uh, they love him over there. He's played so many games, scored a lot of goals. But like I said, I wasn't joking. He's just a nice bloke there, Lloyd. He is. It was yeah. nice to catch up with him. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a short break. On the other side of the break, uh, we're going to catch up with uh, an Aussie legend, and that's Damien Murray. Uh, you're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey, and it's all thanks to our good friends at Hyundai and Flight Centre. On SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai, enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. And welcome back to the round ball. Uh, Dom Renato and uh, Travis Stodd here on this uh, Wednesday night. Nice to have your company. And uh, Travis, as we said at the top of the show, at least uh, a little light now at the end of the tunnel for the uh, local leagues, the NPLs, and uh, the state league as well. Uh, You being involved with uh, Metro Stars. Who's your first game when you come back? We play Comets. uh, So a bit of a grudge match. Are you favourites? Yeah, absolutely. We're always favourites. Always favourites. Yeah. Okay. Well, according well, in my pressure. eyes, in my eyes, we no are. pressure there. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep. I'll keep watch out for that result when it kicks off on the third, isn't it? The third of July. That the weekend. First round. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Can't well, wait. Well, Damien Murray, of course, he's uh, synonymous with the round ball. Uh, he's really an Australian legend. He started uh, with South Melbourne a long time ago. It seems now, back in uh, 1989, he's been there, done that. Former Socceroo, and he joins us now on the round ball. Uh, Frogger, good to hear from you, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, yeah, Damien. Good afternoon to you. You must be itching to get back on the park. Of course, nowadays you're the coach of White City. Uh, I bet you can't wait for all this to start again. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously, it's, it's probably not the ideal situation, I think, for most clubs. I think, obviously, I'm not sure where the situation stands with the fans, but for the players, it's been difficult as well because, obviously, with um, cutting of wages, it's put them in a difficult situation as well and it's put the clubs in a difficult situation. So... I think it's good to get back on the football park and play. Obviously, we've had some players that have moved on because of the situation, but we've picked up some good young boys as well. What about the club with this COVID-19? How have they, uh, how have they seen this through, with uh, financially at least? Yeah, it's been difficult because I think nobody really knows what's, what's going to happen because at the moment, I think last night on the news, I think they're letting crowds in and now they're talking July, you've got to let you know, supporters in to watch games in the AFL, so that's obviously hopefully will happen with our game because I guess it's it's hard enough to attract people and then to keep them out it's not really uh, fair on not only the players but the, the fans that you do have. So it's uh, look, it's, it's a difficult situation but I think most of the players are looking forward to getting on with it. Damien, given uh, everything that's happened uh, and players around the leagues have had to take the pay cuts, uh, you personally as a coach... Uh, do you have the same training commitments for the playing group and are they happy to, to, to keep training as per normal? Yeah, I guess the situation, obviously being semi-pro and I think most of us understand, a lot of the players you know, get paid certain amount to cover maybe if they're going to work today. So we've come to a, uh, an understanding that Monday will be optional, but being having quite a young team, the young players will come on a Monday. I don't have any problem with that. There'll be a couple of players that will, will have work. So we'll go to a two-day a week compulsory with a, uh, the Monday being optional, but I'm pretty sure that most players will come on a Monday as well. Well, a lot of the, uh, I think, if not all the SNFL players, uh, when their season kicks off, they're playing for nothing. Do you, do, I mean, I don't know if you can comment about this as a coach. Do you reckon that maybe in the NPL and the State League should have done, maybe followed the same road to help the clubs out? Well, I'm not sure. Like I said, um, everyone 
each to their own. I'm not sure, you know, one says one thing. I don't know how SANFL works. They say they're maybe not paying. Maybe players get rewarded differently. So I wouldn't want to get into that. All right. Damien, you, you spent uh, a lot of time uh, in the NSL, abroad. Uh, you've been a coach for a very long time. Do you still have uh, ambitions to, to try and make the A-League and, and have a crack at uh, being a professional coach? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think if you didn't, you wouldn't keep coaching. So, but obviously the right opportunity. I had an opportunity to be an assistant with Rudin at Wellington, and probably the fit wasn't right. So, you know, when the right opportunity comes, and, and if it does, I'm, I'm, you know, more than happy to take it. Like I said, when I speak to most people, I'm fortunate enough that I got to play the game and did pretty much everything I could. So coaching is just a bonus, and it's a way of putting back into the game. And it's not really a job. It's a, it's an enjoyment. You know, it's a passion. So I don't look at the A-League as a job. I look at it as, you know, if anything, you're lucky. You're one of the lucky persons to, to be able to do that because soccer is really... It's too enjoyable. It's not It's not a job, man. It's just really enjoyable to do. Coaching the same. Now, for, as far as I know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you have been on a couple of short lists for Adelaide United's coaching job over the last few years. Have you put your name down for this... Uh, uh, job now because of course they're looking for a coach. I know your your good buddy Carl Veard is the interim coach. Uh, have you put your name down to be full time coach? I think I'd like that. I'm just obviously going through some things now, but uh, I mean, if the opportunity arose, I'd like to at least be given an opportunity to speak. I think you know, like I said, I, th- I think the, the time has come even for this state to start looking locally for everything. You know, they've gone abroad; it hasn't really worked. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, if you go back through the, the history of most clubs, the most successful coaches at the moment are the Australian coaches. And at some point in time, someone new has got to be given an opportunity, whether it's me, Carl, Joe, well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, someone's got to be given an opportunity, the same as players. You know, if we weren't given an opportunity and they kept recycling everybody, the league becomes stale. You know, they need people to bring in a different, a different style, different, different attitude. And I can't see why not. It's not the perfect opportunity. Adelaide to look for somebody that fits the bill. Yeah, well, I think we've been saying that here for quite a while. Actually, to be the perfect fit, in my opinion, there, Frogger, you and Carl Viet, and straight after training, straight to the golf course, and you're <laughs> in like Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. I'm okay. not too sure. Go- golf, golf course, course then to training. Yeah, yeah, so exactly, <laughs> what, golf I was, exactly what I was going to say. Uh, Damien, uh, your son, Josh, is uh, he's signed with us. Uh, uh, Metro Stars, um, you had oh, him not at... for much longer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, is, that that, right? is that what you reckon? We've just we've just increased his wages again. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on on Josh? And uh, do you think he's uh, do you think he uh, has has a shot to to go to the next level as a footballer? You know, it's hard because as a dad, you're biased, but I don't believe. For me, I ever have, have been with him. You know. I, I know what he does and I know how hard he works at what he does. So for me, he can always look back at himself and know that he's done everything possible to try to get to that level. I think he prides himself on being fit, always works. Yeah, he's got a good work ethic. So look, he's enjoying himself at Metro's. I think it was a good move for him. I think getting away from me at that point in time when he was LHD was even a better move. So he grew as a player, didn't have the pressure. So look, I'm proud of him. I think he's a... He's a really good kid, so I couldn't ask for more. And if it's if, if is the best he gets, I know that then that he's done everything possible. Obviously, you need a little bit of luck. Yeah. But I think you know, I think he could go to the next level. 
that you obviously need someone. Like I said, it's like coaching, it's like everything. Someone needs to take a chance. You know, they need to see the ability here and see if they can make more and help them. And if they find that him, not just him, other players in the NPR, I believe that there's plenty of players that are given the right opportunity, right coaching, to, can step up and become better players. Is it difficult to coach your own son in a, an NPL team or whatever, uh, Damien? How hard is that? Depends how you look at it. I look at boys, everyone, it's pretty hard to say that you're not biased because everybody thinks the first person they look at when, when you're a team, someone if the team doesn't play well, it's obviously your son, which is probably unfair, but it's it's part and parcel of the, the job if you do have him on board. So for me, it was difficult. It got to a point that it was better for him to move because the lack of support from some of the players was really poor. And I think the excuse was being pushed more towards him than what was deserved. So, mm. look, like I said, he never complained once. He never wanted to leave the club at the time. But in the best interest for him, I felt that it was time for him to move. Yep, fair call. Just in closing there, uh, Frogger, uh, White City, of course, you're the coach of them. Very proud club. You're in the State League. The ambition and the goal, I guess, would be to get him into the, uh, the NPL. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I've sat down with the club. Club's got a plan in place. I think they've been renowned at the last few years that we've signed players. I'm not saying has been, but players that maybe chase the wrong uh, the wrong thing. And at the moment, we're trying to, to look for players that want to come. I've just signed Casabor from LA City. We'll look to sign more young players. Signed another Sam from, uh, we get another boy from, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say it, but another young player. <laughs> so we're chasing... We're chasing, no, but we're chasing young boys. And I just said, I've got some good experienced players there in Tobias, goalkeeper. I've got Carl, I've got Johnny Nego. So I've got a good bunch of older players, but I need some youth. And we've brought in about four players now in the break of uh, young fringe players from NPL. And the standard of training has improved, and I've been really happy. So I'll just keep looking for those players. And then hopefully, you know, one year or two years, they'll have the, the nucleus of a good squad. And then when we go up, and we will go up, then they're ready to stay up. At the moment, I don't want to be a club that goes up, and then the next year you get back down. You know, when you go up, you want to stay up and be competitive and have a plan to win something within a couple of years. Yep. All right, Gaul. Well, uh, good, yep. good luck with the upcoming season there, uh, Damien. We'll keep in touch, mate. And thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Cheers, okay. Damien. It's uh, Damien Murray, nowadays coaching uh, the White City uh, Soccer Club. have to say, yes. uh, his son Josh, yeah. when when I look at him at training... And, Reminds you of him? Oh, he's really? spit out of his father's mouth. How old is he? Uh, early Josh. 20s, yeah. I think. Well, if yeah. he can score half the amount of goals oh. that his dad scored, he'd be doing okay. It is uncanny. I look at him and with the, the coach there, Robbie Saraceno, because we both played with Damien, we look at just his mannerisms and it's, it's like you are your dad all over, which we don't say to him because I'm sure he hates. Yeah, of course. You, you never like to be compared yeah. to someone like, you know, his father was very successful. Is he an attacking midfielder, is he? Is he's, that... uh, he's a winger. Uh, okay. Lightning. Quick. Lightning. Because his old man was pretty quick. Yeah. Damien was very fast. Lightning quick. Yeah. Has he got thighs like tree trunks? No, he doesn't. He oh, didn't okay. get that from his dad. That's no. that's well, one he's got thing twigs, he has he? Little twiggies? Not twigs, but they're not, oh, okay. they're not tree trunks, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Damien Murray was our guest. Uh, we're going to take a short break here. Uh, time is running away from us. And after the break, uh, we're going to talk women's football with uh, the goalkeeper of Adelaide. Well, I think she's going to be the goalkeeper when they start again. She was last season. Sarah Willitsey. She's coming up after the break. You're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. All thanks to Flight Centre and Hyundai. On SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodzi. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback.
Yes, uh, welcome back to the Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey on this uh, Wednesday night. We are slowly coming around the home turn. Still to come, uh, we're going to catch up with the Aussies abroad. But uh, Travis, uh, we mentioned earlier about the Women's World Cup. Hopefully we're in the box seat now that Brazil have uh, pulled out. Uh, that leaves, um, of course, Colombia, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. How do you do? You like our chances or not? Now, be realistic. Don't sort of sit on the fence or be, you know, sort of uh, too biased. What do you think? Well, I think a lot of it. It's it comes down to politics and and how the FFA uh, do the the backroom politics, I guess, in the negotiations with other. Well, they can't even com- get the A League started. Other, how are they going to do that? Countries. I don't know. I mean, look. I think what what Australia New Zealand bid has got in its favour is the fact that also that recently Australia came to the rescue and hosted the the Olympic qualifiers. That was no World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, that's right. Um, that were supposed to be in in China. So I think that puts us in good stead. But uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, we saw the debacle that was um, the the men's World Cup bid, and, and yeah, hopefully it's not debacle. a repeat of that. Yeah, that's an understatement. Well, a lady who I'm sure will be excited if it does come to Australia is the uh, Adelaide United uh, goalkeeper in the W League. Had a fantastic season with Adelaide United, uh, and luckily the season finished just before COVID nineteen. And uh, Sarah Willisey joins us now. Sarah, thanks for your time. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Firstly, uh, you heard us uh, talking about the W League, uh, the um, the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. Uh, how do you see that? Do you reckon we've got a pretty good chance of getting it? Um, yeah, we've definitely got a strong case. Um, obviously, it's exciting times ahead. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get the World Cup because then obviously it will benefit the W League as well. Well, you got a sniff of the Matildas last season. Of course, you didn't get any game time, but you're on the bench against uh, Chile. How exciting was it for you on that particular, those particular occasions? Um, yeah, it was obviously very exciting being on home soil as well and obviously um, sitting on the bench in Adelaide um, in front of friends, friends and family. Um, it was very exciting and obviously it was like my first time in camp so it was a new experience um, so I learned a lot and hopefully I'll get another opportunity we had a fa- you had a fantastic W League season Sarah you, you got save of the season you made team of the season what does that mean for you moving forward uh, are you looking to, to stay in Adelaide uh, in Adelaide and play for United or have you got ambitions uh, and are you looking to, to go overseas? Um, yeah, I've definitely got ambitions to go overseas. I'm looking, um, but obviously for now um, with COVID, it's just a bit hard. But yeah, I'm still definitely looking overseas. So hopefully an opportunity will come up um, soon. We'll just have to wait and see. Given uh, COVID and, and the unknowns, uh, we certainly know the A-League uh, is trying to get started. Your season is probably a long way off, but has the club had any conversations with you? Ivan was the coach last year. He's out of contract. Have you got any idea on, on where you stand for next season? Yeah, we've had uh, conversations with Ivan uh, and people from the club, but also the PFA. Um, and, yeah, so they're pretty much just going to get the uh, A-League finished and then there will be more conversations going on about the W-League and stuff like that. Sarah, as uh, Travis mentioned, you had a fantastic season. I called most of your games here at home. Uh, you know, a lot of people always speak about that you're not the tallest of goalkeepers in the world, but you seem to manage okay. What is your secret for you know shorter players, if you like, who want to be goalkeepers? What what stands you out from the taller ones? Um, to be honest, I it was kind of just natural athleticism 
Um, and obviously, like, I, when I was younger, I did a kick the ball a lot with my brother in the backyard, and I was always the one that got thrown into goals. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it's... I, yeah, I don't really know. I just naturally, like... Because I didn't really spend a lot of time in the gym when I was real young. It was just actually getting out onto the field and just playing. I don't know. I was just good at goalkeeping somehow. Well, I know your mum and dad pretty well. They would have put a, a lot of pressure on you to get out there and train and be as good as you can, no doubt. Yeah, there's always pressure to just get out there and have fun and play well, but they didn't really force us. Like, um, like we, I obviously wanted to play soccer, watch my brother play. Um, they just wanted me to do what I love, and obviously I love playing soccer, and, yeah, I wouldn't change it. It's been a frustrating couple of years uh, for Adelaide United in the W League with so much promise and potential just falling short. What's been your assessment of the the season just gone? Yeah, it's obviously frustrating for, obviously, me as a goalkeeper because I can't, like, there's only so much I can do for the team. I can't, obviously, change anything up front type thing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, next season we... Just continue because we were playing really well. We just did not find the back of the net. So hopefully next season we just have that key person that can put balls in the back of the net. But yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Siri. Some of the, some games, I don't know how you even lost the game. You really were controlling the game, but you're right. You, the problem you had, you just couldn't find the back of the net, and in the end that came back and bit you. Where you know they get a last minute winner, and uh, and then you lose the game. Yeah, definitely. There's only so much you can hold off, um, like the pressure and the defensive half, but we'll see. Hopefully next season is a different season. And yep. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully we do see you next season, Sarah. We thought we'd catch up and uh, see how things are going. Well, good luck. Uh, keep training and uh, all the best for the uh, the coming season, OK? Thank you for having me. No worries, Sarah. Sarah Willisie, goalkeeper for Adelaide United. And as I mentioned during that, uh, Trav, she isn't the tallest of goalkeepers, but no, she's very, uh, very agile and, uh, wow, you know, she's, she's not bad. So she's a, she, she really is a good example for for keepers or people who are not that tall to think, well, there is a chance for me because she's very agile, which makes it stand out from well, the others. Absolutely. One of the, the great goalkeepers that we've seen uh, over the years in men's football, uh, yep. Real Madrid, uh, Ike Casillas, a uh, Spanish goalkeeper who was not gifted with uh, a lot of height, but yeah. uh, just goes to show that you don't necessarily need that to be between the sticks. Absolutely. That was uh, Sarah Willisy. Well, just before we uh, wrap it up, uh, Trav, let's have a look at Aussies abroad. Uh, of, uh, by the way, the, uh, the women's game, thanks to SA Power Networks, empowering women's football in South Australia. They're a strong supporter of the women's game, and let's hope that continues. Kevin Musket finally got a gig, a full-time gig uh, in Belgium. He Not did. a bad league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great great league to, to cut your teeth, I think, uh, overseas. And look, if he if he's able to have uh, you know, even the half the success that he had at Melbourne Victory, he'll he'll put himself in good stead and uh, and I think he'll certainly go on to bigger and better things over there. Uh, another Aussie abroad that is probably in the news for the wrong reasons Uh-oh. is uh, Socceroos goalkeeper Mitch Langerak, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. who's at Nagoya Grampus in the J League, uh, just tested positive for coronavirus. So, oh, dear. Yeah, not, not great news for him, but hopefully it's uh, something that he can get over pretty quickly. He's had a pretty good career too, uh, Mitch. He's coming to the end of his career now. Now, our good friend, uh, friend of the show, 
Matthew Leckie, like he... We need to do a Matthew Leckie segment. I think we can do a, like a series on Matthew Leckie. Like a couple of weeks ago, he thought, oh, he's on the bench. He came on, had a run. Then last week, wasn't even on the bench again. So, injured. Uh, injured, though. Oh, was he, well, he didn't didn't, sh- didn't show up in the injured list with time running out. What a was doctor, wrong with and, and a doctor injury. Really? So, yeah. Oh, okay. But, Thank God for that. But uh, there's hope for him that, that he may. It looks like this new manager, the fourth one they've had this season, oh, no. <laughs> uh, could potentially uh, see him... Uh, Getting some more game time, but uh, mentioned there's been a bit of bit of talk about him coming back to the A League. I don't think nah, that'll happen. No, nah, he won't come back to the A League. I'd love to see him back to the A League, but it won't happen. We're going to go, and uh, this is our last show, I think, from what I know. I reckon uh, we'll be back in October for the new season, unless something changes and there's a miracle. But for now, Travis, it's been a pleasure you working with me. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Ciao for now.